Thanks for listening to the Harvest Podcast. In this message, as we continue our series, Bold, Pastor George helps us to understand from a biblical perspective what bold prayer looks like, as well as how we can grow towards praying bold prayers every day. We pray that this message challenges you to grow in your boldness. We're in a series called Bold, and we are uh, going to be spending some time in Acts chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you can just turn there. And we're going to be looking at boldness, carrying on from last week. Last week, we saw one or two things concerning boldness. We saw that boldness is a behavior that is born out of belief. One of the things we had looked at was that boldness is a behavior that is born out of what you believe. How you act is determined by what you believe. What you believe determines how you act. And one of the key things we look when we're talking about boldness here as a community of believers, we, re- we need to realize that boldness is not the goal. We looked at it and we realized that boldness is not the goal. Knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is a byproduct of knowing Jesus. So that when the men saw those that had been with Jesus, they were amazed at their boldness and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. It was nothing so much about them as the impact rather than they had been with Jesus. And what I didn't get to last week is just a little diagram that I want Jason to put up on the screen. And you think, well, how do I get this boldness? How do I get to step out? And the first thing we need to realize, time spent with Jesus. They recognized that these men had been with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, you start to grow in your faith. You realize that he's faithful, and so you grow in faith. And as you grow in faith, you start to find that there's a boldness that marks your life. And even as that boldness marks your life, you start to step out and you see results. And what happens when you see those results? Well, naturally, you want to spend more time with Jesus. You can also go the other way. You can stop wanting to spend time with them. You you stop seeing results. You stop being bold. You stop having faith. And it works the other way around. And, And we are not those that get caught up in that loop. We are those that are wanting to increase and grow in our boldness. And so this week, we're going to be looking at bold prayer. I found a cartoon that I like that dealt with bold prayer. And this is a cartoon that shows how many of us pray. It's a man speaking to his wife. And it says, Emily wife, could you just just pick up some milk, Emily wife, while you're at the store? Just go ahead, Emily wife, and just go to the milk section, Emily. Just grab some milk, Emily, and just place it right in your cart, wife. Emily wife, just thank you, Emily wife. If we talk to people the way we talk to God, it's saying that's how some of us pray. Sometimes uh, you might find that in your prayer life, I've found that at times, but there's something when we're in a place when we're needing someone to pray for us, we want them to have a a boldness about them. When you're going to call someone to pray, you're not going to call someone to pray who's just trying to go and pray by rote and just uh, that there's no relationship. You want someone to pray where you know that this person's in faith, there's a boldness, they're calling on the very presence and power of God to be at work right in the midst of what you might be facing. I don't know about you, but that's the sort of person that I want to pray with me when I'm facing one of those moments of need. And this is one of the key thoughts that I want us to look at here this evening as we're in this series about bold prayer that should mark your life and mine so that we can have more of the testimonies we've heard about a little earlier. And this is uh, the key point here. What you pray reflects what you believe about God. What you pray reflects what you believe about God. We could say what we don't pray also reflects what we believe about God, either if you're praying it or not praying it. And for example, if you're not praying it, either it's saying, God, I don't believe in you, or I don't believe that you answer prayers. 
my prayers. If you pray very small prayers, you're actually saying, God, I don't believe that you're going to move in the big things that I'm asking. I believe that maybe you're a small God who can answer small things, but you're not really concerned about the big things. You might find yourself where you're praying prayers that are more about yourself, and it's, Lord, bless me, or help me, or comfort me, or be with me, and it reflects that you believe that God exists to serve you. That could be many of our prayers. Or maybe you are someone who's praying and you rarely pray, and it's because you really believe that God answers prayers. So what you pray reflects what you believe about God. What are you believing about God here this evening? Because it should be seen when we invite you to pray, or when you pray, or when you're at the prayer meeting. And also our language about prayer reveals what we believe about God. So often we might be talking about things, maybe we're going through a tough situation, maybe we're navigating a challenge or there's a problem or uh, some circumstance that we find ourselves in, and in the midst of it we try all these different things, and then maybe you find coming out of your mouth, well, now all I can do is pray. That's revealing something. Your language is revealing something. If prayer is a last resort for you, it's reflecting something that you believe about God. They call it, in this day and age, they call it practical atheism. It's saying when you believe in God, yet you do everything an atheist would do before you actually come to God. What is your language and what is your prayer revealing about what you believe about God? So let me ask you this. What have you been praying for this last week? Do you know what you've been praying for? Can you maybe not really remember those things that have been in your prayers? Maybe some of you do remember. And I want you to think about this for this moment. Imagine that everything that you had prayed in this last week, God said yes to it. Imagine whatever you've been praying this last week, He said yes to that. Can I ask you, what would the difference be in the world around you? What happens if God said yes to every prayer that you prayed in the last week? What difference would there be in the world around you? Often the difference would just be for ourselves. Maybe it'll be, and I'm not saying it's bad, but a a half tank of petrol. Or maybe it'll be something else like that. Because our prayers are often, and there's good need for it, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but our prayers are often based on us and what we might be needing and what we're finding we're facing. Maybe if your prayers were answered, you would have received some Valentine's cards or chocolates or dates. Maybe you would have received a wonderful watch like Darren's got. Maybe you would have received whatever other of these things. But would your prayers have had an effect beyond you? And when we're talking about bold prayers, we are talking about prayers that go beyond just myself. But that impacts around us. Because one of the things about bold praying is it's, a bold praying is other than prayers that are just for myself. We can pray prayers for myself, but how often when we're praying boldly, does it just affect me? Uh, I know, and I picked on Jason, but we, we went through a time when uh, Leanne would say to me, and I was in the ministry at that time, and Leanne would say, George, we need a new vehicle. And I thought from the other angle, I can't pray that prayer. You know, we're serving this big God, and we need to be trusting for these big things. We just need to save up and get money for a car. And Leanne said, no, I, I believe that God says he'll give us a car. So I said to her, well, if you have faith for that, you pray for that. You know, I'm going to pray for healing, and I'm going to pray for deliverance, and I'm going to pray for salvation and I'm going to pray for all of these things I'm not going to pray for a vehicle so I said if you have faith for it you pray for it and it wasn't much longer than that that I got a phone call and someone said to me I feel the Lord has told me to give you a vehicle and so Leanne got the credit for that one and then uh, a little while later actually in this last year once again Leanne had said the kids and I are praying for a vehicle and I thought once again if you've got the faith for it you know 
God's blessed us already. Is he going to do it again? If you've got the faith for it, pray for it. I'm going to pray for all these things. And not too long after that, I got a call on a Monday morning and someone had phoned me and I thought they were phoning me, you know, Monday morning to say I didn't like the sermon or I'm leaving the church or something like that. So I answered the phone call. I wasn't very excited until he said, I've heard the Lord told me to buy you a new car. I'm buying you a Honda CRV. Suddenly I got excited. So there are those prayers that are prayers of faith for our need. But I want to say bold prayers are those sort of prayers that go beyond you. Are we praying for salvation to break out in our city? Are we praying for human trafficking that's starting to take place in our city to come to an end? Are we praying for Live Village? Are we praying for those families adopting children like Jason where there's that financial burden? Are we praying those sort of prayers that don't only affect our little lives but that are affecting far and wide? around us? Are we praying those sort of bold prayers that go just beyond you and I? Or are we praying just for those prayers that, that really we are needing? If you had prayed and all your prayers had been answered in this last week, what difference would it look like around you? That's the question I want to ask. And it's wonderful just to see those that have stepped out and started to see those results. Darren got us to pray for him before he went to that session that evening because he was a, not afraid, but he was, he was a little bit nervous. But there was a boldness in him, even in the nervousness, to go and see someone who had been caught up in drugs come and give their lives to Jesus. There's something about praying bold prayers that goes beyond just you and I. And if we want to make a difference, it's time we start praying those bold prayers. And we were looking at the book of Acts, and we had looked at Peter and John and the encounters that they had had after they encountered the risen Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, the gospels exploding. And we had seen that they had gone through that time where Peter had stood up and he had called to those people on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized. He called them a corrupt generation, and 3,000 people in that day, as he spoke boldly, we saw that they had been saved. And then we went on to see that Peter and John were at the gate, beautiful, on the outside of the temple and they came across a man who had been lame for 40 years. And this man was asking for silver and gold, and their response was, silver and gold, have we, well, firstly, they said, look at us. Look at us. There's something of a boldness just in that statement. Look at us. Silver and gold have we not. But what we have, they knew what they were carrying. What we have, we give unto you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. I want to say so many of us will pray that prayer and there will be a boldness of us, but we'll leave it at that place and we'll, we would have told, we would have prayed, we would have spoken healing, but how often at that point do we not see a change and we pull back? I want to say there was a boldness about Peter and John because they knew who they had been with and they knew what they were carrying in terms of the presence of God. And so what Peter does is he reaches out after saying, get up and walk, and this guy's obviously not listening. So he reaches out, he takes him by the hand, he helps him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles become strong and he jumps to his feet and he begins to walk. There was a boldness. There was something about not just praying it, but there was a boldness about how he carried himself in line with his prayers, in agreement with his prayers that brought miraculous results. Outside of a gate called beautiful. And then we know the religious leaders start to get offended because they're speaking about Jesus being resurrected and they can't handle that. So the Sanhedrin gathers and they're starting to try and intimidate and manipulate and pressure and harass these men. And Peter and John are having none of it. Even so when they say, by what name and what authority are you doing these things? And they respond like this. I love it. It says, let us state clearly. Let there be no confusion. 
We're not trying to sugarcoat this. We're not trying to hide it. We're not trying to put it in the shadows. Let us state clearly, we are doing this in the name of Jesus Christ, the man that you crucified, but who God raised from the dead. And these were a group of people who didn't believe in the resurrection. And here they are saying the very one they killed has been resurrected by the very hand of God. There's a boldness that has gripped them, and there's a boldness that they're operating in. They want to kill them, they want to imprison them, they want to do whatever they can, but they know they can't, because the people have seen their boldness. Not only had they recognized as leaders that they had been with Jesus, but the people have seen the miracles, and they recognize that God is doing something, so they have to let them go. And Peter and John head on back, and it says in Acts 4.23, if you got there, if that to that scripture on their release Peter and John went back to their own people and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them doesn't say clearly what had taken place but they'd obviously been threatened they'd obviously been told not to use Jesus's name again and they're telling the other disciples this is what's happened this is what's taken place and I want you to say this aloud with me Acts 4.23 that the believers as they tell them this it says they raised their voices they raised their voices together in prayer to God there's something of a boldness as they start to come together and as they start to pray together and I want to say there's something incredibly powerful when we start to gather in one place as one people with one voice at one time to the one true and living God, I want to say there should be an expectancy for the power of God to be evident and manifest. And this is how they gathered and this is how they're praying. And so they start to pray and something amazing starts to take place. Because there's agreement and there's power that is being released in the midst of their situation. And we, this was happening in the midst of extraordinary persecution. And this is how they pray in verse 24. They say, Sovereign Lord. They're starting to pray and they say, Sovereign Lord. What they're declaring really in that moment basically is they're saying, You're in charge of everything, of all things, of all people, at all times. You're in charge and you're sovereign. You have all the power. They say, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in it. You spoke by the Holy Spirit. And then I jump to verse 27. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, who you anointed. They did what your power and your will had decided beforehand should happen. And they're starting and they, they're praying this and there's this massive God consciousness as they're praying. They're saying, you are the Savior, you are the creator of the heavens and the earth. They're starting to declare who he is. I want to say there's something significant in that as we start to pray bold prayers. It's not because they think God has forgotten who he is. It's not because they, they think he's forgotten his mighty acts. I want to say they're praying that way because they're starting to posture themselves in a way before they come before the living almighty God. And they're starting to posture themselves and they're starting to declare who he is so that they remind themselves so that faith rises. But not only are they starting to see faith rise in their hearts, but they're declaring something so that the principalities and powers of the day can see whom they believe in. Not only whom they believe in, but everything that's trying to work a fear and intimidation into their hearts is starting to realize the very extensiveness of the God that they serve. And everything that seems big is starting to feel small because the bigness of God is coming into that prayer meeting. 
because there's a boldness about how they're praying because they're bold in declaring God to be who He is. God, You are supreme over all. And they start to pray pray these bold prayers and they're not half-hearted and they're not lukewarm and they're not just trying to be politically correct and they're not fitting in with the culture of the day. But they are fully devoted followers of Jesus, living boldly for the one whose name is above every other name, the name of Jesus. And there's something that has gripped their hearts and they've found themselves in the grip of His greatness. And so they're praying these powerful prayers and there are two types of prayers that they're praying. The first one is this, verse 29. They start praying for what? They've just done this amazing bold feat. They've just been threatened. They've just seen someone healed. They've just stood up in the face of the opposition. They've just modeled this incredible boldness and they've gone back to those that are with them and they don't start giving their war stories. They don't start saying, you know what, we saw this person healed and it's when I took his hand that this happened and we were so bold in the midst of what was taking place. Some of us might like to tell those sort of testimonies and those stories. But they're men on a mission. And so they're not caught up that there was a moment of boldness because there's boldness that is marking their lives and they come before the living God and they start to pray to Him and they say, give us more boldness. Where have you decided to park? In this journey with God. Maybe put the handbrake on. Maybe you're coasting. Maybe you've seen God do some mighty things, some powerful things. I want to say He isn't finished yet. Greater things we're still to see. But there's got to be a boldness. Verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats, beating, prison, death, whatever it might be. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to do what? To speak forth your word with great boldness. They were praying for even more boldness. You're thinking, weren't they already bold? They're saying, no, not enough. Not for his name's sake. Not for the situation that surrounds us and the circumstance that surrounds us. We're not going to be satisfied with a little moment where maybe we felt God's breath upon us. We want to know His hand gripping us. The hand of the greatness of God. And so they pray this prayer. And suddenly, can I tell you what happens after they pray that prayer? No, I'm not there yet. I'm not going to tell you. Hold on to it. And I want to say, do we find ourselves praying those sort of prayers? When was the last time you prayed those sort of bold prayers, those other-centered sort of prayers that are not about just me, but they're for the benefit of someone else? They go beyond just you and I. When have you started praying and saying, Lord, use me today. Stir me up. Give me a boldness. Give me a sensitivity that I know how to minister to that person that's in a place of hurt. Give me a boldness that I can speak clearly into this person's life as they're facing just the destruction. Give me that sense of the prompting of your Holy Spirit that even as I'm in the the shopping center, I might just be able to recognize something that you're doing in that person's life and to encourage them in it. But it takes going beyond yourself and it takes a boldness. And those are dangerous prayers to pray because you've got to step out in faith. Because when you pray prayers like that, you're starting to believe something of God. And when you really start to believe something of God, it demands something of you. That you step out beyond yourself on the waters of faith. 
so that he can show himself strong on your behalf and mine. For his name's sake. And then the second thing, they start to pray. I love this, and I want to finish off by praying for this, and I'm going to get my mom to come up and just share a testimony around it. But they start to pray for miracles. They start to pray for power encounters. They said, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word of God boldly. Stretch out your hand to heal, to perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then it says, after they prayed that, it said, when they had prayed that, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with great boldness. What sort of prayers are we praying? And what does that show of what we believe of who God is? Mom, would you come up and just share that testimony? Hi, everybody. I have to be honest, as I was sitting there, and as George was speaking like that, I happened, and I am going to share a testimony, but you know, I was convicted of this. Have I got one that's recent now? What happened yesterday? What happened the day before? And I thought, Lord, I need some recent ones again. There's many I could share with you over the years that Ian and I ministered. But I have to say, I was convicted. Well, what about yesterday and what about the day before? But I'm going to share this one. And I was, as I was sitting there, the scripture comes to me, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that word fervent means to get hot, to get really hot, to get boldly hot. Because when we hot like an iron, things happen. You can take out the wrinkles of, in your dress and when it's a hot iron. But if it's a lukewarm iron, it's not going to remove any wrinkle. Okay. So that's what it actually means, to get hot. And um, Ian used to, we used in a, in a Mams and Toti, every Friday night we would get hire huge buses and we would get onto the buses and somebody would bring a guitar onto the bus and we would go through the streets and we'd pray outside schools. We would pray outside, we'd go and look over the city and we'd pray and make declaration over the city and over schools, we, over nightclubs that we just thought there was abuse going on and drugs, we would go and park out there. And often we would have the police following us with their sirens. Eventually we had to get permission from them. And the one night we stopped outside one of these big schools there. We knew, we had heard that there had been some satanic things taking place. So we, we drove, we had got permission from the headmaster. We went in and as we drove in, we could see on the top floor of the school, there were candles. There were people in hooded, black hooded caps and we knew what they were doing. And so we didn't do, we just got out, we all climbed out the bus and we started to sing and we started to declare the name of Jesus boldly outside and it was dark. And when we felt it was time up, we got back into the bus and we went our way. And some years later, it was only a couple of years ago, Ian had already passed away and I was invited to go to speak, to share something at Dave Cape's 25th anniversary. You know Dave Cape? He was one who washed, went around the country washing feet. 
and he asked me to come and just share something on what took place in Toti when he used to come through because we used to always pray through the streets before he even came. And we, they, we saw lots of miracles taking place as he walked the streets. So as he, uh, we were sitting on the stage, there were about three or four of us, and he handed me the mic and I shared what took place. And then I handed it on to the mic to the next person. And as they were holding the mic, I heard the Lord say, but you didn't share about the bus. And I thought, well, it's too late now. And again, I heard the Lord say, but you didn't share about the bus. And you know that feeling of, you know, if I take the mic back again, they're going to think she likes her voice. And I thought, no, I can't, I can't do this. They're going to think that I just want the stage, you know. So I'm fighting with this, and eventually, as he's coming to an end, and he's about to pass it to the next person, I think there were four of us on the stage, I turned to Dave, and I said, Dave, I'm very sorry, but is it possible for me to share something else? Now, I'm embarrassed. All I know is they're going to think, oh, here we go again, she wants, you know, the limelight. So I take the mic and I share about going outside the school and getting off the bus and declaring the name of Jesus. And that was it. And I thought, well, what's all that about? You know, went back to the crowd. It was a huge crowd. And as I was walking out, a man came up to me. And he said to me, now the puzzle, all the pieces of the puzzle fit. He said, I was in that top room. He said, I was one of them, and we were doing a satanic ritual. And he said, I saw this bus come in, and I saw the people all pour out of this bus. And he said, I heard them declaring the name of Jesus. He said, I didn't know anything about Jesus. He said, so I left what I was doing upstairs, and he said, I walked down, but he said, nobody saw me. I stood in the doorway of that school, but nobody saw me. I hid behind the door, but I listened to you all. He said, the next day, I phoned a friend who I knew, knew Jesus. He used to speak about this Jesus and that. So he said he was in PE. So I said to him, I have to see you. So he said, well, come to PE. So he got there and he said, now I want to know about this Jesus that I heard these people declaring last night, whatever day it was. And so he was led to the Lord. He was a pastor now. And you know, it's amazing because at that moment, I didn't want to share that, but I would never, ever have known what a dramatic encounter that man had. I shared it again at another place. I had to speak. And at the end of it, I handed it on to to another person who was speaking after me. And as I handed it, I felt God say, you haven't shared that story. And again, at the end of their talk, I I thought, no, Lord, this is too much for me. What's going to happen now? And again, I asked if I could do it. And as I did, a lovely African man came up to me and he took my hand. And in his hand, he had a hundred rand and he put it into my hand. And he said, I want to sow into the seed that your husband and you did in Toti. He said, because God sent me to Toti. I didn't know why, but he said, while I've been there, it's like slicing through butter because I knew somebody had been before me. We have no idea the effective of our praise when we are bold and we make declaration. 
So we want to be praying bold prayers so that we can start to have testimonies like that for ourselves and currently. Can we pray? And I just want to pray this on our behalf as a people. If you just close your eyes. We all face threats and hardships and that's which is around us as we decide to live in a way that honors God. So I want to pray this prayer even as these early church fathers and mothers prayed with faith in their hearts and combined faith in ours because there's a synergy through the ages. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hands to heal and to perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's our prayer in this day and age. So that, Lord, where we go, that by your spirit there might be a shaking so that there can be a solidity that comes into many men and women's lives, we pray. I pray that even as we're going through the series on boldness, that there'll be people that will be amazed because they recognize that we have been with Jesus and that boldness is just a byproduct of us spending time with you, Lord. I pray that in your mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that you were ministered to and challenged to move forward in your relationship with Jesus. If you have a story about how you were challenged, we'd love to hear it as your stories encourage our staff and volunteers to keep sharing the love of Jesus through this ministry. You can share your story with us by sending us an email to media at harvestchurch.co.za. You can also connect with us through both Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to having you with us again soon.